welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. Check out the Kitchen Table's Facebook and Instagram for more information about their Tuesday dinners and in-house fresh-baked goods. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. As a Sullivan County Democrat recently reported, the New York State Department of Health is leaving Monticello, where they have a district office, and moving to Middletown. Last Thursday, Sullivan County legislators unanimously approved a resolution introduced by legislator Nadia Rosh, formally opposing the DOH's move. The resolution states that, quote, such a move is unnecessary, unwarranted, costlier, and potentially harmful to the health and welfare of the people and businesses of Sullivan County, whose statewide health ranking is extremely low. Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty said that when he and Legislator Louis Alvarez were helping U.S. Representative Antonio Delgado hand out masks and COVID test kits at the Sullivan County International Airport last week, they had a conversation which included the DOH's decision to move. Doherty said Delgado told them that he was well aware of the situation and would follow up with Governor Kathy Hochul. Doherty said, quote, every time I've dealt with the congressman, he's always come through for us. I'm hoping that he can come through in this situation as well. Obviously, it's a situation that we want to see resolved in our favor. They currently have two separate leases, and we would like them to stay here. I think we can all agree on that. Last week, legislators also approved multiple rule changes. Each week, prior to committee or regular meetings of the legislature, at the discretion of the chair, vice chair, and majority of the members, a non-mandatory workshop meeting can now be convened for the purpose of reviewing issues scheduled to be presented before the body. Any legislator who wants a commissioner or department head to attend these non-mandatory meetings can request their presence through the county manager. Another change was that the clerk of the Sullivan County Legislature, Anne Marie Martin, will now be responsible for tracking the time of public comments during legislative meetings, making sure speakers do not exceed the three-minute time limit. Also, resolutions not properly filed in accordance with Rule 24 can now be submitted by the county manager or elected official advocating for such. That will go to the committee chair, will take up consideration of the motion before agendas are published. And finally, following the passage of the 2022 county budget, which resulted in the reconfiguration of the Division of Planning, which has taken on the Office of Sustainable Energy, the Office of Grants Administration, and the Office of Parks, Recreation, and Beautification, legislators took a step to eliminate the Parks, Agriculture, Sustainability Policy Committee. The committee would be absorbed by the Planning, Community Development, Real Property, Capital Planning, and Budget Committee. However, since the Parks Committee is in the county code, a public hearing and subsequent vote is required before the change can be made. Legislators Raj Alvarez and Joe Perillo voted against all of the rule changes approved Thursday, while legislator Iris Steingart also voted against the one involving public comments. So that one passed 5-4, while the other rule changes were approved by a 6-3 vote. Of the changes, the largest amount of discussion occurred with the rules regarding the workshops and public comment. Perillo and Raj expressed some disagreement with the workshop rule change. Raj, reflecting on what was done during the previous legislative body in 2016 and 2019, said if she had questions relating to her committee, she'd call a meeting with County Manager Josh Potosik and the Commissioner of Health and Family Services, and they'd meet. Raj said, quote, there were no meetings on a Tuesday or some other time. That's how it was done. And then COVID happened, so that went by the wayside but I don't think making these workshops is beneficial in any way. Perillo offered an alternative. He said, quote, you're better off having work every Thursday. The first Thursday we have these meetings, we go over resolutions. The second Thursday, we'll have our first set of committee meetings and we'll work four weeks out of the month instead of three. And then you know you have everybody here on Thursdays. Steingart, however, felt the workshops were a, quote, great idea. 
As for the rules amending public comment and having Martin be in charge of tracking time, Steingarten peers voting against it said they felt she shouldn't be put in that position. Furthermore, even though the three-minute time limit has been in place even prior to the rule change, Steingart believed it sent the wrong message. He said, quote, I think it sends a message to the public that we don't care what you have to say. Aside from the rule change to eliminate the Parks Committee, which requires amending the county code, all other rule changes take effect immediately. Switching gears, a Woodburn man has been charged in the murder of a two-year-old girl, according to a press release from the Fallsburg Police Department last week. Brian Ozinski, 26, was arrested on Wednesday, January 26th, and charged with murder in the second degree following a joint investigation by the Fallsburg Police Department, the New York State Police, and the Sullivan County District Attorney's Office. Ozinski is accused of the murder of two-year-old Amara Campbell. It is alleged that sometime between Tuesday, January 25th and Wednesday, January 26th, he inflicted injuries upon the toddler that ultimately killed her. Police confirm that Ozinski is the boyfriend of the child's mother. Police say that the child was discovered unresponsive at 14 Phoenix Lane in Woodburn by police and EMTs responding to a 911 call at approximately 5.40 p.m. on January 25th. The child was transported to Garnet Health Medical Center, Catskills, where she was later declared deceased. Police say Ozinski was initially charged with the felonious assault of Campbell, and following a complete autopsy, police additionally charged him with murder in the second degree. Fallsburg Police Chief Simi Williams said, quote, We mourn the loss of Amara and extend our deepest condolences and heartfelt sympathy to those who love this innocent child. Our police community will bring to bear all of our combined manpower and resources to ensure those responsible for heinous acts like this are brought to justice. Chief Williams also thanked the state police, Sullivan County Child Advocacy Center, and District Attorney's Office for their assistance in this case. Shifting gears to the town of Forestburg, their planning board held a regular meeting on January 25th to discuss the furthering progress of Birchwood Estates, which sits on the edge of the line separating the towns of Thompson and Forestburg. The main point of the agenda involved an updated three-lot subdivision planned to be further developed on the Forestburg side. After a brief executive session on matters pertaining to personnel, Planning Board Chairman Richard Robbins reopened the meeting to the public and welcomed consulting engineer Glenn Smith of Monticello to report an update on the project. Smith said, quote, one of their potential residents would like to build a home on the Forestburg side of the town boundary line, so we are subdividing out a three-acre lot that lies against the town line for that home, well, septic system and driveway out to the town road. Birchwood Estates is a 70-home development, Sackett Lake Road in the town of Thompson that is approaching full build-out after the last 10-plus years of construction, Smith added. In the three-lot subdivision, the first lot remains space for domestic residency and housing, the second lot is intended for the proposed baseball field, and the third lot is to remain vacant. Smith said, quote, they also own adjacent 245 acres of vacant land in the town of Forestburg. This will create a second small adjacent lot of 3.25 acres on which the Birchwood ball field is located, leaving the balance of the parent parcel in Forestburg at approximately 239 acres to remain vacant, Smith said. A public hearing is set to be held on February 22nd at 7 p.m. via Zoom, at which the next step in the review process will take place. And finally, a recent ruling by New York State Supreme Court Judge Thomas Raidmaker determined that Governor Hochul's mask mandate reinstated December 13th was, quote, unconstitutional. 
Judge Rademacher ruled that the legal authority to implement such a mandate should reside with the state legislature and not the State Department of Health. However, the New York State Appellate Court on Monday issued a full stay for the mask mandate to remain in place as an appeals process moves forward. A statement released from Governor Hochul on January 31st showing support of the court's decision to retain the full stay of the mandate. The mask mandate from Hochul is a preventative measure against COVID-19 in an effort to protect people while indoor public places, including schools, businesses, restaurants, and other well-traveled areas. New York State Senator Mike Martucci is opposed to the governor's decision, saying, quote, with COVID numbers falling daily by the governor's own numbers, there was no need for a stay. We should restore choice. It's long past time for government to step back and let individuals make these decisions. And finally, a section of State Route 17B was shut down for about an hour on Wednesday afternoon following a collision involving multiple vehicles. Members of the White Lake Fire Company who responded to the area of 17B between Heard and Whitemore Roads around 2.45 p.m. on Wednesday encountered three vehicles that had been involved in a head-on collision blocking traffic in both directions. According to the White Lake Fire Company, there were no serious injuries and occupants of all three vehicles walked away after being evacuated at the scene by Bethel EMS. The Kanyanga Lake Fire Department, Town of Bethel Constables, New York State Department of Transportation, and members of the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office also responded to the scene. For more on the collision, as well as stories about a local man being charged with arson, planned upgrades in Bethel at Town Hall, and the rating improvement of the care center at Sunset Lake, head to our website, scdemocratonline.com, or pick us up on newsstands across the region. Does it for today's episode brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Until next time, we hope everyone stays safe, and we'll catch up with you again next week.